agree to do this? Why do we agree to do anything? I hate us. Kevin and Bean on K Rock. I hate us. I had a great weekend. Saw a tweet that was concerning. Yeah. Um, I went to Luke Robitaille's uh, charity poker tournament. He mm-hmm. does this every year. Right. He and his wife, Stacia, run a uh, charity for kids who age out of the foster care c- community. Like at 18, they mm-hmm. kick them out. Right. And so then they find kids that want to go to college and they sponsor them. And it's an amazing charity. Wonderful. And every, every year they do a poker tournament. So this was Saturday and it was at uh, Santa Monica Museum of Flying. Have you ever been there? Is it in the hangar? No, yeah, it's a it, uh, no. I think it's just a big building right there near the actual airport, okay. Santa Monica Airport. All right. So this is the first year they had it there. So mm-hmm. I drove in and it said event parking, and I went and I parked and I walked and I went into the event. Easy, yeah. Easy peasy. Um, played poker. Sure. I don't know. There was like three hundred people, and uh, at one point I should have been beat. Um, about halfway through, uh-huh. I had a pair of 10s and a guy had a pair of 7s. And then the board turned over and there was another 7. So he had three sevens. So I was like, I reached over and shook his hand. I was, congratulations, man. Good job. And I stood up to walk away. Uh, and then the last card came in. It was the only card that I could have won on and I won. <gasps> So, Did you then say psych and no, take your hand I didn't back? Say psych. No, I had already sh- I had already finished shaking his hand, congratulating him. You didn't wait for that last card. Well, what are the chances? Uh, still, though, right, there is but, a chance. You're saying uh, yes. Okay, so what are the chances? I have. I'm not positive what <laughs> okay. the chances are, but I have two of the four. Right. Tens. So sure. there's only two left. So what are the chances that they're actually going to that card's going to come at that moment? It's the only card I could win on. Yeah. It did. Okay. So I was lucky as uh, lucky AF. Um, so then I make it all the way to eighth place. Very happy. Get to the final table. Everybody's yeah. having fun. Everybody's Woo. watching. Party. Sure. Hey, I'm doing well. Everybody else is doing well. We're having a good time. Perhaps a beverage or two. Um, and then uh, they give out prizes for the top 10 places. And I pick my prize and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And then I walk outside. Uh-huh. And I look across the street. Yeah. At the parking lot that I'm parked in. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's black. It's dark. It's very much closed. It's not just closed. You can't see it. I don't know. Somehow it's a black hole. You look it's in there invisible. and there's- It's invisible. It's <laughs> invisible. Oh, no. <laughs> there are no cars in there. And I thought, well, maybe that's not the lot I parked in. Right. Maybe it's next to it one way or the other. Because yeah. I haven't gone to Santa Monica Airport very often. So I walk all the way around holding my little bag of goodies. I have like, a little <laughs> sure. bag of- <laughs> stuff that I had won. And I walk all the way around the left side. No, it's locked. This is crazy. Walk all the way around to the right side. Oh, no. I completely walked around the entire parking yeah. lot. And it was locked. Sure was. And there were no <laughs> lights. It wasn't like, you know, sometimes most places have some lighting. Sure. Nothing. I thought I could see my car. And I'm pretty sure it was the only one there. Oh, man. <laughs> but I wasn't positive. I was, couldn't make it out. I was just looking. And then I thought, well, this fence doesn't look that high. <laughs> <laughs> this, okay. is, this is where I go into Kevin thinking. Sure. Uh, it's, I'm 6'2". It's about two feet up. So I'm thinking, I'm eight-foot fence. Not bad. Sure. Chain link. No, okay. There's no like wire at the top no. or anything to keep. So I climbed the fence. Okay. Holding my little bag of goodies. <laughs> And then I drop the bag of goodies and I get down on the other side and I go and I find my car. It's okay. there. Excellent. It is indeed the only yeah. car there. Oh, right. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> and I get in the car and I turn it on. Mm-hmm. And only then do I think there's no gates open. Right. How are you getting out? Right. Uh-huh. 
Only but I then. Didn't, I didn't have that thought until yeah. I had start the, started the car. So not before you went over the fence. Correct. Not as you walked to your car. Very excited to see my car. Sure. You were thrilled. I found it. Right. I solved this. Yeah. I'm always thinking. You sure are. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> so I turned it back off uh-huh. and I walked back to where I jumped the fence. Uh-huh. Please tell me you at least left the bag of goodies in the car. I didn't. That's funny. You brought I it with even, you. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't even think of that for one second. Kev doggy dog. Kev dog. Better take my goodies with me and to I, get back over this fence. And I did the tweet and I got a bunch of responses from people. And right this second when you said it, it is the first time I thought I could have left a little bag of goodies in the car. So I take my bag of goodies and I re-jump the fence. Sure. And I call an Uber. And then the Uber comes about 15 minutes later. Oh, God. And I take the Uber and I go home and go to bed. Oh, So it's a pretty triumphant beginning of the night. Right. With some luck. And Uh then not so so much of an ending. Well, then it went, it dipped down, but then again triumphant because you got to your car. Right. It's like a roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, I'm the smartest. Oh, you know what? No. No, I'm not. Oh, man. So that was my Saturday night. So then I had to Uber... To mm-hmm. get my car on Sunday, get of course. it out of the lot. Yeah. yeah. So, so no time. signage though when you when you went in saying this lot closes at eleven midnight All that right. type of thing. If I'm going to be honest, there was a sign that said uh-huh. the lot closed at six thirty. But PM. Yes, but <laughs> and the poker tournament started at like four. But it said event parking, so I thought, oh well, this this, this is, is an clearly event. an event, and I right. thought it was the only event there. So that uh, so then when I got to my car yesterday, it had a little note on it that said, "We're going to tow your car in twelve hours if you don't get it." Uh, So I had gotten it twelve hours just before they towed it. Oh no! Yeah, so I'm a genius. Is that what we're saying? That's the takeaway. Okay. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. They're all doing great, except for Kevin. K Rock. All right, let's do B makes his guess. B makes his guess, yeah. Ooh, ooh. B makes his guess, yeah. Who gets penis slapped? B is a dick. Pretty dope, man. Just wanna tell ya. I am the dumbest human that ever lived. Now it's time for B makes his guess. Yes. I think mugs might actually have the advantage on this one. Oh, all right. And I don't think I've ever said that before, but must be we related. You're close. (laughs) Mugs has uh, Mugs has had to deal with the topic of this bean makes his guest list much more frequently than you have, Kevin. And Allie and I have never had to deal with it at all. And I'm talking about coming up with a baby name for a little girl. A baby name for a little girl, which Muggs has done about a year and a half ago. Did Muggs do it? Uh, I think Muggs was involved. I think Muggs... (laughs) Jury's still out. He got got an opportunity to sign off on it. The most popular girls' baby names in the United States. Okay. So start thinking about these are kids born today. So these may not be the same names as your friends or the kids that you know. What were they named more than any other girl's name? I only have the top ten. So if you come up with one outside of that, I'm not going to be able to tell you how close it was. But, Kevin, as we always do historically, you get to go first on Bean Makes This Guess. Harriet. Uh, I don't know if that was a serious guess or not, but I'm sorry. No, there is no Harriet in 2017. Not a lot of Harriets being named. Right? Probably 11. It was probably 11. It might have been. It might have been. Bugs are up. Scarlet. Uh, No Scarlet. Miss Helen McKay. I've had an ass full of Madisons. 
Uh, Madison was an enormously popular name a few years ago. Apparently not anymore. Wow. Not in the top ten. Mildred. Bugs? Let's go with Chloe. Oh, that was mine. Oh. Wow. Wow. Uh, Baby girl names. Sure. Um, Oprah. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a short game, I could tell. I am going to guess our last guest, Sarah. Uh, No. What? Good guess, though. It does seem like there are a lot of Sarahs that always have been and always will be, but not in the top ten last year. I'm sorry. Bella. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh, good guess, Mo. Yeah. No, come on. Uh, let's go with Violet. It's a little tougher than I guess I thought it would be. How about uh, Kate or Catherine? I'm sorry. What? I'm going to just go outside the box. Mm -hmm. Trinity. (laughs) That's the last stripper you saw? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm sorry, Bugs. There is no Trinity. What about like a Leah, like Princess Leia, but Leah? Ooh, great guess. All right. All right. Let's go around maybe Sh- one, one more time. Yeah, because awful. Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Emma. Number one. Emma, what? yes. Yes. Way to go. Yes! Way to go. All right. Let me, just, let me just take the temperature of the room. One. Did you even think it was on the top ten? Oh, I thought you it. Did. Yes. Okay. I can't believe I forgot Emma. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I didn't even think top ten. I thought it was a good guess, but easily top 25. Number Emma, one. Emma has been very popular for a number of years. Okay. Now. I don't know why, but it has had a real resurgence. Because it was a popular name, you know, 100 years ago, too. Right. But it's back. All right, Beer Mug, you are on the board and may win with just one point. Miss Allie McKay. Jane. Oh, it right. should come back. That's such a classic. <laughs> that's Jimmy not, Kimmel names his daughter, Jane. Oh, you know? Okay, got it. Um, here's the top ten list of baby right. girls' names from 2017. I just want to clarify. Mugs got one. Mm-hmm. Right. And Allie and I got zero. Right. Yes. Okay. Woo! And I right. apologize. That was not my intention to right. make it such a tough game. I didn't know. No um, worries. Go ahead. Number ten was Abigail. Ridiculous. Okay. Number nine, Evelyn. Okay. Number eight, Amelia. Wow, these are all classic names. Right? Num- number seven, Charlotte. Wow. Six, Mia. Mia? Okay. I, I do know a lot of young Mias. Okay. Five, Sophia. Oh, yeah. Sure. Number four, Muggs, I guess you could have gotten half a point for Bella because Isabella is number four. Oh, I think that's a... I mean, he already won the game, so we <laughs> might as well give him another point. Who cares? Uh, top three, uh, number three, Ava. Uh, and number two, I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody thought of Olivia, but Olivia is okay. number two. Olivia, yeah. sure. And then number one on the list, the most popular girl's name in America last year was Emma. I hate to say it, but Muggs is the winner, you guys. And what? this has been Bean Makes Us Guess. Bean Makes Us Guess, yeah. You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. The next story you're about to hear is insane. It's a 12-year-old Sydney boy that stole his parents' credit card, tricked his grandmother into giving him his passport, left Australia, <laughs> flew to Bali on his own. Yeah. 12. After a family argument, I'll show you. How about that? <laughs> so here's, I'm going to play the, the current affair audio. This is uh-huh. the report that they aired in Australia. And you just tell me how much of it you can take. Okay. Because this guy just drives me nuts. The 12-year-old boy who took himself across Australia and on to Bali, on his own, with not a parent in tow. 
and don't think it couldn't happen to you. Go to hell, this dude, right? What is with the music? Is this a Pirates of the Caribbean movie? It does seem that way. I'd rather have the usually driving Nine Inch Nails type sound that's underneath most of these stories. But So a child can have an argument with their parents and leave the country. He just doesn't like the word no. Now that's his mom. He just doesn't like the word no. Oh, and that's what I got. A kid in Indonesia. And no one stopped him at the border. It's too easy. Went to the airport and then Guru didn't let me on. Why is that? Because I didn't have a document from mom. So he gets to the airport. The first airline won't let him on. Or dad. Like most kids, he can do a world of stuff on that smartphone. So after I got the money back from Garuda, I went to Qantas and then booked it and then they needed a letter from mom. And then I looked up at Jetstar and they said it will work. Third time lucky. They didn't say it would work. It said I'm not an unaccompanied minor. So he tried one airline, tried mm-hmm. two airlines. The third did, said it was fine for an unac- unaccompanied minor without the letter, and they didn't even ask for it. What? Twelve. Twelve. Mm. So he flew. What's a- the, uh, what, does anyone know, Kevin, you've had uh, kids that have had to travel. What's the policy in the United States? What's the age I mean, that I've, they allow you to travel alone? It, it's not the age that they allow you to travel alone. I don't think it's that you have to have a parent that drops them off and give them a letter saying it's okay. And then and then the, the um, staff, the stewardesses, mm-hmm. they, they actually put a little identification on them. Yeah. They sit them in a seat. They walk them off the plane, the whole thing. I mean, I can see if the kid were 16 or right. something. I can see going, yeah, that's a, that's a kid who could probably handle himself. But no one's mistaken this 12-year-old for somebody who should be out there by himself. Catching a train to the airport for a flight that, unfortunately, was via Perth. Sort of stuffed up because I got the deal cheap. Not to worry, he still had his wits about him. Don't go to those check-in counters. They ask too many questions. So he self-served himself. I mean, right? why do you have to add that? I don't know why he threw that Disgusting. in. Disgusting. Well, I mean, 12 about the right age, Allie. <laughs> so he flies to Perth, and then he self... What did he say? Self-serves himself. Self-serves himself. And uh, gets himself on another flight. And not an alarm bell went off. Is he telling a Christmas story? It, that's what I'm saying. He's gathered the kids around. They've got their eggnog. This is so weird. His flight touches down in Denpasar. And then they just asked for my passport. And then they asked if I was with anyone, and I said, no, my mom's waiting outside because she lives in Bali, and I'm uh, going to meet her outside. And uh-huh. um, he goes, stamp, okay. That's <laughs> all it took. Stamp. Yeah, look, my mom's, uh, my mom's outside. Okay, you're good. Drew headed to reception and checked in. And I said my sister was coming, and I was just checking in early because she was going out. He threw the bag in his room and hit the town, renting a motorbike. He rented a motorbike. Come on. He's 12. He's this a baller. Kid. He's right? a baller. You were actually driving the motorbike around. Please tell me you had a helmet. Yeah, you did. they gave one to me. Okay. 12 years old and they gave it to you. You don't have a license. They right. just want the money. Did you do anything that you shouldn't have done? I would say everything up until this point. <laughs> Sir, are you listening shouldn't have been to your reports? <laughs> But he does take it a step further because you could work up a mighty thirst. Uh-uh. No. Aside no. from the trip to Bali. I drank a beer. You did have a beer. Where'd you have that? At the beach. He'd been ignoring the frantic calls and messages from home on his mobile. But perhaps when he posted a video of his antics in the pool, the tracking device gave him up. Now, is that stupid or is he just taunting? 
Because he's smart enough, yeah. I would think, to not post a video of himself at a pool in Bali. At this point, he's just trolling. Like, I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's when I collapsed. Mom. The police rang mum with the news. The worst words of my life. They confirmed he left Australian waters four days previous. Okay, um, four days previous. What's she doing in those four days? Great question. Wow. Right? Oh, yeah, he left four days ago. You know what? Hmm. Doesn't seem like he's been around. You're right. <laughs> Imagine doing that as a 12-year-old. Wow. Why did the kid go to Bali? He wanted to go to Bali, and his mom said no. Mm-hmm. And that was unacceptable to him. I, it doesn't yeah. say why he wanted to go to Bali, but mm-hmm. he was just not going to take no for an answer. So he made it happen. He is uh, something else. Right? I wanted to do hood rat stuff with my friend. Right. <laughs> if you're doing hood rat stuff, we understand that. All right. Let's go to uh, Randy in Anaheim. Hi there. Good morning, everybody. Good, hey, morning. Uh, good to have you back, Dean. Uh, Thank you, sir. So when I was three years old, I uh, we grew up in Modesto, California. And uh, I was with my grandmother. She was babysitting me while my mom was at work. So I guess she sent me out to the backyard. I was out there playing by myself, but uh, apparently I was missing my mom. So I found my way out. And this is, I was three years old. I found my way out to the alley, down to one of the streets, and I had an idea where she worked. She was at a beauty salon about a mile away. And so I made it out to Carpenter Road, which is a major street in uh, Modesto. And I was trucking down Carpenter by myself, three years old, going down the street. And a couple of girls in a car saw me, this three-year-old kid walking down the road. So they... They pulled over and picked me up, and I was able to show them where my mom's work was. So they drove me to her work. I pointed out the building, and then they came walking in. My mom looks outside and sees these two strange girls walking with me into the into her beauty salon. And she's like, my and, son's uh, got it going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, they take me. No, Kevin. God damn it. No. Three. Three. It's not my story. I didn't, his story either. I didn't do it. Oh, uh, yes. So, so so they take me in. My mom calls my grandmother, and, and apparently my grandma, this has been a little while, too. She didn't even know I was missing. So sweet. Maybe that's why I left. Sweet. Maybe that's she, why I left. Grandma wasn't giving me the attention I needed, I guess. Grandma uh, didn't care. She was not the best choice so, to babysit a three-year-old. <laughs> tell you that. All right. Great yeah, stuff. Exactly. Thank you very much, Randy. Appreciate that. All right. Let's go to uh, Mike in Anaheim. Hi, Mike. Hi. When I was in kindergarten, uh, I ditched uh, school with a second grader. We went to Kings Harbor. Uh, we stole a boat, caught a fish, and there's an old store called J.J. Newberry's, and we started cooking the fish behind the trash can, and that's when the cops saw the smoke and picked us up. And my dad came and picked us up at the, uh, at the uh, police department when I was blaming it on the second grader. Uh, he goes, nope, you're the culprit. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then about the same time, I found about four or five marijuana plants, and I picked them out of the ground, walked uh, home about a mile with them over my shoulder, put them in the oven, started curing them for my dad. And uh, when my dad got home, I go, hey, dad, found some marijuana. He's like, oh, awesome. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and then in sixth grade, I got up on a Sunday morning, went to my junior high and cut all the school bells. So on Monday morning, when they're supposed to ring for us to go to class, none of them rang. You are a juvenile delinquent. Wow. To be honest, Mike's got his game. He's on his game. Yeah. And guess what? I'm, I'm a federal law enforcement officer now. Yes. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> well done. Because you know what to look for, of course. We have time for one more? Sure. Kenny and Corona. Hi. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. So I was 14. I went to an all-boys Catholic high school back east, and I found out uh, one of the priests was going to be late for confessions for the whole uh, <laughs> school, basically. So yes. Good. <laughs> so I kind of like snuck into the, you know, the confessional where the priest sits and I started taking confessions of all the students and making notes. Are you kidding? Making notes. Oh, yeah. So I had like 
I had dirt on people and people I didn't like. I just make them go say the rosary instead of one Hail Mary or something like that. Yeah. And then he busted me after about the 30th student and I had to go. 30th? Up, uh, I was on probation. <laughs> wow. Wow. I kind of love that. I think it you were. Really interesting finding out certain things, what people did. Oh, that's uh, that's an evil. I, I'm not sure I want to know. I like it. <laughs> well, it was the, fun. You win. Kevin and Bean on K Rock KROQ. All right, uh, I generally have. I try, and Kevin, I know you do the same thing. Try to filter out email from anybody out of Boston, just in general. Sure, we don't yeah. need to hear anything people from Boston have to say. But uh, somehow Todd's email got through. Hey, Kevin and Bean, I'm an avid podcast listener of your show. I've been uh, listening for the past seven years from Boston. What's up, Allie? I just discovered the best thing while listening to the podcast on my iPhone. As I was listening, I missed something you said, and I went to hit the back 15 seconds button, but I accidentally hit the speed button instead. Now, for folks who don't listen to the podcast on a phone, that they do have those options. If you want to go back 15 seconds or go forward 15 seconds, or if you want to make the, for whatever reason, if you want to make the thing go twice as fast or half as fast, you can do that. Now, what, what do you suppose that feature is there for? I don't know. And I can't imagine that any of us said anything that was worth going back 15 seconds for. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Well, sometimes <laughs> you, maybe you miss a punchline or you miss right. a guest introduction's name. Or, I can understand that. But I don't understand why they give you the options of speeding up and, and slowing down. I don't get that. Anyway, so I hit the speed button instead, Todd says. That started speeding up the show. And then after I hit the speed button a couple more times, it ended up on half speed. And I have to tell you, when you play your show at half speed, it sounds like you guys are doing the show completely <laughs> drunk off your ass. I've never laughed so hard in my life. In fact, I listened to the rest of the show about 20 minutes more, all in half speed. I might start listening to the show this way from now on. You guys need to play some parts of the show in half speed to have a good laugh. Love the show. Fire beer mug. Todd from Boston. All right. I had not tried this before. But I did last night go to Friday's podcast right as we were coming on the air at 530 to see what it sounds like. So I'm going to hit the tape and it's going to pick up right before we come on live. And let's see what Todd found so amusing. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. And now. Okay, guys. Hey, guess what? You just got blazed. Oh! Our feature presentation. <laughs> We take such joy in such stupidity. That is accurate. Yeah. That's this show. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin <laughs> B. So it's Friday the 6th of May. What's up, you guys? You know. Hanging and banging. Right. What? Like we do. Honking the hits. Like Honking you do. That's right. <laughs> Everybody excited about the weekend? Yes. Sure. <laughs> listen, listen to Allie's. Listen to Allie's yes, by the way. Yes. Sure. Yes. Doing anything? Going any place? Living in dreams? Living any dreams? Let me think. No, I don't think so. I am. My dream is for more sleep. Are you living a dream this weekend, Alex? It's like five days I'm working. 
Yeah. I noticed that, by the way. So, I didn't want to yeah. say anything and right. jinx it yesterday, right. but when you showed up four days uh, in, a, in a week yesterday, I, I thought that was some sort of new world record. How are you feeling today? I think I'm going to make it. <laughs> what do you guys think? <laughs> wow, we're so much more interesting disturbing. that way. Not interesting, but just disturbing. Yeah. Here's a little more. Oh, yes. please. Really? Yeah. Do you have like a second wind or are you just running on fumes now? Uh, no, I'm all good. I feel better than <laughs> I ever have. <laughs> Couldn't even get that out. <laughs> uh, Kevin, Kevin, you're all right. I'm fine. I'm good. Wow. <laughs> so there you go, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Todd from Boston with a new exciting way for you to listen to this How about show. That? It only takes twice as long, but I think it might be worth it. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Flame. Let's go to Nepal for this uh, next story, you guys. A uh, British tourist who is a teacher named Gemma Wilson, 35 years old, and her stepson, Charlie, are trekking about the mountains of Nepal, and they stop to get a cup of tea, because that's what you do when you're a, a Brit, right? Right. So they get a cup of tea, and her son gets some black tea, and the woman who's running the little tea stand there charges him 150 rupees for the tea. That's what she says the cost of the tea is. Right. And, and the lady pays it. But the lady is uh, the lady is confused and concerned and is a little bit worried, as, uh, as tourists often are, that she's getting ripped off because she's been apparently buying tea in the country, and it's been about 50 rupees, and now all of a sudden it's 150 rupees. Right. Now, you guys did a little math yesterday when we saw this story after the show. What are we talking about when we're doing conversions from rupees into something we might understand? I think like it's dollars? around a buck. 150 rupees is one British pound. So a, one British pound. Okay. A, yeah. Okay. So is that a lot? Is that an extortion? Are we? Is this surge pricing? What are we looking at for a cup of tea? That is that considered too much? Is she being ripped? I mean, off? she felt like she was because she was buying it for 50 everywhere else, uh-huh. and, then it's, and then it's three times that. But is everywhere else not on the side of a mountain exactly. where they have to bring yeah. it up with it's donkeys? Nepal. Or... I don't know. I... Yes, that's no, I need another... yeah. exact. I see. Okay. And, and Ali, you bring up an outstanding point because that's something I don't know in this story. And I think that is important context because mm-hmm. maybe she is someplace miles and miles and miles and miles away from the center of town where it's a great effort to build a tea stand and to supply a tea stand. All right. We say all that to say this. The reason this video goes viral is the lady makes a comment about, hey, that sounds like a lot for a cup of tea. And then she goes outside. She does pay it. She goes outside, and she's trying to take a picture of the tea stand. Now, I don't know if her intention is then to put that up on Facebook and shame them for ripping her off or whatever. But the owner behind the counter at the tea shop is furious and comes after her and starts to attack her. And I think shortly after that, Kevin, she runs away. And shortly after that, that's when she turns on her GoPro of yep. this Nepalese woman who's chasing her up a mountain to the point where this British lady is just exhausted and is just and, and practically breaks down. So it's time for who's the dick? Um, the woman that was running the tea shop was throwing rocks, which, you know, I approve <laughs> um, and was chasing her. And she was so out of breath. Here's. Some of the tape, and then I'll give you some translation of what the Nepalese tea shop owner is saying. She's got a backpack, this British woman. She's literally running through the mountains away from a tea shop owner. 
Just leave me alone. Please. Listen. Please. Please. Okay, now she can't run any longer, but the woman's still coming after her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and throwing and, rocks. And she's got two giant sticks that it seemed like they're sort of formed into swords, but they're not really. Mm-hmm. It's just two giant pieces of wood. And, and this uh, Nepalese lady looks like she's elderly, doesn't she? Yeah, but she looks like she could track you down for days. <laughs> yes. She's elderly, but she's, she's mean. Great shape and mean. Yes, both. Please, I'm sorry. Please, I'm sorry. Please. Okay. okay, so now she's yelling stuff like everybody comes to DePaul, nobody's special, you English people are rich. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you get a special deal? She's yelling all of this stuff at the woman. The woman is just saying, I'm sorry, please leave me alone. And the woman did pay for the tea. It's not like she was outraged and, and left without leaving the money. She did pay for it, but, but she, she, but she made she, a comment about it. Yeah, but she also tried to bargain. And that's, I think that's what we're missing in the story is, you okay, know. Okay, but hold on. It, she didn't try to bargain before she paid for it, though. She paid for it, and then she said, wow, that seems expensive. Well, we don't know that. In the well, story, the story, in says. The story okay. says it's from her side only. Okay. So in, in the video, you could see, you could hear the, the lady, and you're going to get to it when she's saying, you want bargain. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, please. You British people are rich. No. You special? No. Huh? I'm sorry. Please, please. And now she's like putting the wood at her, like like she's gonna stab her. This video, by the way, is a little bit terrifying. It because a little the, bit. I mean, it sounds like a horror movie when you listen to how scared this woman is, and she's on the side of a mountain on a tiny little path. And I'm sure the last thing, I mean, the biggest thing on her mind right now is, don't push me off this cliff. Right. So who's the dick? I think maybe the British woman. I'm thinking British woman. So far. So far, yes. Now that they're three quarters of a mile away from the shop, it's starting to turn. <laughs> because because the woman that owns the tea shop is threatening her. Please! Please! My son! Please! My son is watching! Your son, no problem! Your son, no problem! You! Yeah, exactly! Yeah. Yeah. Stick it to her, Nepalese woman! And, and to be fair, your son jetted the hell out of oh, there. Oh, he was he's way gone. Way he's, gone. he's not he's, four, he's 15. No. He's, already he's, on the, he's already on the plane back to Britain. Right. Please! Please, I said I'm sorry. You never coming. You bargain, bargain, everybody. I'm sorry. You bargain, you bargain. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm sorry. Please, please, please stop. I know. Listen. Okay, all right. It's your mountain. Fine. Leave me alone. I'm apologizing. What does this woman have to do? Yeah, there's nothing. Broken out more rupees and just said, "Here, yeah. sorry for being a just, privileged British woman that probably paid thousands of dollars to come on this trip, and I'm haggling with you for freaking tea." Right. So she. So in my po- uh, right, in my opinion, you're right. Mm-hmm. Until they get a mile away from the goddamn no. tea shop, she is. She, <laughs> she's threatening to stab her. Absolutely. What's happening? It turned into a two dick situation. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Please, I'm sorry. Please, no, it's ah. not, it's not. It's okay. Why I'm sorry. Why barking? Please, why bargain? Why bargain? You're scaring my son. Okay, now this is my favorite yeah. part. You people are dog. Mm-hmm. You're scaring my son. You people are donkey. Okay. Please. Ah. Please stop. You people are cow. You people are dog. So, British woman. Is a, a dick at the beginning? No, nope. all the way through. I'm going beginning. All the way through. Nepalese woman. Holy crap! <laughs> <laughs>
Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock K R O Q. Nick Hexum is in the studio with us. Come Yay! on, everybody. Hey, thanks for having me. Good you, to see you. You put the headphones on, you heard your song, you took the headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just rocking me so hard. Is that what right? it was? Those guys rip. <laughs> <laughs> You did mention that sometimes you like to sort of be picky about your performances. Does that happen? Well, like, yeah, you know, that that's like 20 years ago. Right. So, uh, you know, our techniques develop over time. And uh, so I might go, oh, that's, I maybe rushed that syllable a little bit or pick it apart just a little. But, um, you know, I... I I take it all with a grain of salt because music is a ever evolving thing. It is. Uh, you just celebrated three eleven in Vegas. Three eleven day in Vegas. Yes, we did. We did. We played. Tell us about that. Eighty six or eighty seven songs over two nights. Oh my gosh! And uh, to a huge audience over those two days, I'm going to brag for Nick. People from all over the world flew into Vegas that have been following this band for so, so many years. And the passion for the band is incredible. And how many people were at each show, Nick? Um, it, we did kind of an underplay where it was only like 6,000 people because we just wanted it to be like the most hardcore of them all and uh, make it a tough ticket to get. But yeah, people come from all over the world. It's like our convention where right. people might know each other online and then they, they get together. And it's it was a lot of fun. And we did a... Um, uh, we did Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. With I was going to ask you what the covers were. Yeah, we, we did a video montage of people that we've lost, like uh, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell and different artists that we, we've we lost. So it was like a really emotional moment. There was also a couple people in our fan base that were very active, that they had a lot of friends there that we'd lost. So it was like a real tear-jerking moment. But, um, you know, it, it's... There was also super high points and like crazy long drum solo, and, and I covered um, this song um, "Remember Me" from the movie Coco, which is something <gasps> I sing to my kids. Oh, wow. I'm gonna cry right now thinking <laughs> of that song. Oh, good lord! Yeah, I mean it's just the perfect song for an artist that has to travel and be away from their yeah. loved ones. And did you tear up? Like a little. Oh, I hear you. I'm tearing up just thinking of this song. Good Lord. It already happened. It's not happening. Okay, all right. You okay, Nick? Okay. (laughs) Stryker, tell the story of uh, Weenie Roast. All right, Weenie Roast back in 2001. 311 is playing, and they're doing their set. Earlier in the day, many of us saw a helicopter. I'm like, is there a Lakers logo on that helicopter? So Nick and his band, they're in the middle of their set, and who comes out but Shaquille O'Neal to play with you guys. And it was incredible. He was stage diving and mosh pitting. But fill us in on the things that we really don't know that day. Yeah, that was the culminate. I, I, I got I to gotta rewind a little bit okay. and tell the whole Shaq story. So the way it started is that he was doing a rap album. And our uh, mutual friend, Brian Ling, was working at the, the record label that was doing his rap album. And he was like, I want to do a rock song. Uh, and Brian was like, I, I got just the guys to do it. And so we, we recorded this song called Psycho, which was like this heavy rap rock song. And then we were like, so do you think maybe he'd want to be in our video? We're getting ready to shoot a video for uh, the song You Wouldn't Believe. And um, it, it was like, he's going to try. He's going to try and make it. So we're down there at the um, the Queen Mary. They've got that big dome there. We're shooting the video inside there. And we only have it for a few hours and we're like, we got to get him a helicopter or something because he's up in the valley and we're down here in Long Beach and it's five o'clock. And, and they were like, don't worry, he's got it. He's got it. So he shows up 
in this huge red SUV with a giant Superman logo on it. And we're Incognito. like, how did you, yeah, how did you get here so fast? He was like, I just put the siren on the oh, tent. Oh, I love it. And everybody moves out of the way. I we're love like, it. We're like, what if an actual police, he's like, it's, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. It's, uh, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of the playoffs. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. Oh, that's me. awesome. Oh my gosh. So, and then we. Uh, part of the premise was he, we were gonna shoot around, and play some basketball with him, and so he's putting on his shoes, and he realizes that he brought two left shoes. <laughs> so you, you'll never see his feet in the video. And he said, "If you ever tell anyone about this, I will sue you." All right. Oh, so, yeah. so lawsuit been, coming right now. It's been 16 years. Yeah, so statute I think, of limitations yeah. is up. We never signed an NDA. I was like, <laughs> right. "Sue us for what?" So he wore the left shoe on his right foot. Yeah. <laughs> that seems impossible. I mean, there's like size 21, so they're like so big. I guess you That's can do that. Amazing. But, um, and then we, we played some basketball with him and he also said, this has to be a secret, the timing of this, because we're in the middle of the playoffs right now. If the coach knew I was playing basketball with a bunch of, with a rock band, I right can see now, that. You could, you could, yeah, twist yeah. an ankle and just blow the whole yeah. thing. So anyway, that was an awesome experience. And then we're doing weenie roast and he shows up in a helicopter and he comes out and they had, we had just won the, the, the whole title of, I think this was their third title. The Lakers, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lakers had won. And the place, when I announced him, the place went crazy. He had this like sweatshirt. He was like, tear off my sweatshirt as soon as we start. I go over, <laughs> grab the collar and just rip it off his body. And he's wearing just these overalls. And we rip into the song Psycho we had done together. The place goes completely crazy. He he dives into the crowd, smashes his face. He's got a mouthful of blood. Yes, for, I mean it was just like complete man. Imagine you're in the pit and you see Shaq diving oh, at you. I am <laughs> getting out of the right. Way. I'm yeah. not going to even try to catch him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then yeah, afterwards he was like. I want to thank you guys for making my rock and roll dreams come true. Aww. It was, like, was that your such... Shaq impression? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's just a low voice. That's all. <laughs> and then and then he was like, okay, I'm done. And he and he flies away in his helicopter while Aaron from Stained is sitting there doing a delicate acoustic right. song. Yes. And it's like... I didn't know you had seen that or not, what was going on stage while Shaq was hovering over the crowd saying goodbye. And you couldn't hear a word of what Aaron Lewis was and doing. And that was Aaron yeah. Lewis's kind of big moment in the set where he tells his bandmates pretty much to leave the stage because I'm going to do this song acoustic yeah, now. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And right then, as Nick just said, perfect, the helicopter <laughs> hovers above Verizon Wireless. Do you think his bandmates were like, ha, ah, serves you right, dick? Yeah. <laughs> that was your moment. <laughs> Nick, you're the best. Yeah. Thank you. We always appreciate you spending your time with us at K-Rock, and we appreciate you coming in today. Oh, you guys have been great to us. It's been a long, illustrious relationship, K-Rock and 311. So thank you for this part. You guys were the first radio station to play us. So oh, thank many you. thanks. Thank yeah, you. Of course. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's a total disaster. On K-Rock. Right now we're going to talk about stupid things that you did when you were drunk. Police in Lancaster County arrested a man who attempted to get into a house that wasn't his, then got into a vehicle that wasn't his, and then, quote, started to bite his arms and pulled on the steering wheel. Oh. The incident occurred just before 6 a.m. That's, that's a bad time to still be that drunk. Officers received a call about Louis Mario Jr., 20. He was told by the homeowner to go away or he would call the police. Then he went to the caller's vehicle. He entered the vehicle. 
started to bite his own arms and pulled on the steering wheel. He's been charged with criminal mischief, defiant trespass, disorderly conduct, underage drinking, and public drunkenness. Mm. Look, there wouldn't be a What's Up With Florida segment on this show if people didn't drink and do dumb stuff. An intoxicated woman comes to prison to pick up intoxicated friend. An intoxicated woman arrived at the Cumberland County Prison to pick up her friend who had been arrested for DUI. The incident occurred on Saturday, April 21st. Officers arrived at the prison and they found a Robin, 49, of Boonesboro, Maryland. She was there and during the officer's investigation, it was determined that Kemp had driven her vehicle to the prison to pick up her friend who had been arrested for a DUI. Kemp was suspected of being, quote, highly intoxicated and placed into custody for her own DUI. I don't think you want that at all. So did the other friend get a chance to to uh, pick her up after? I don't know. Huh. <laughs> it doesn't continue, but they were both in jail Good. for the exact same thing. Good question, though, Dave. Right? I, yeah. uh, I agreed to go to a fish concert once. Really? When I was hammered. <laughs> Woo! Did I regret that. <laughs> Dave, how about you? I'm sure you've got a few examples for us. Uh, well, uh, this was a couple of years ago in Las Vegas. I don't know if you guys have heard of that city, but uh, there's a lot of alcohol there. And once Kevin and I were actually walking down the street... And I thought it would be a great idea if uh, I would cross the street to get to the other side to the other casino. Now, I don't know if you know of Las Vegas Boulevard and the traffic that happens there. It's what? Six lanes each way? Pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, it never stops. No, no. Right. Well, I decided it would be a great idea since for some reason I was carrying a, a fake little security badge. It was to, like a toy cop badge. Yeah. Oh, to no. pull out my badge. And get in traffic and stop traffic so I could cross the street. He stopped traffic yeah. in both directions by putting his hands up. Just put going, my hands up and said, stop. It's okay. Yeah. And he'd show him the, he'd oh, show him the little. No. Yeah, he would. And, and he, had, he had traffic in both directions stopped. stopped. Wow. I was like, Dave, keep walking, keep walking. Yeah, keep walking. yeah. So I crossed the street and uh, made it safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, I don't know if you noticed, and I don't know if there's a correlation to it, but now you can't cross the street in Las Vegas Boulevard because they have. Uh, yeah, what a surprise. Blo- you, mm-hmm. they, it's blocked now. So you have to go over the bridges, and they started building bridges after that. So you're welcome, Las Vegas. It's probably you. Yeah. Yeah. You not only could have been hit by a car for being so foolish, but you could have been arrested for impersonating an officer. Uh, I would have said security guard, but he, you know. He, you weren't saying that that night, though. <laughs> he was telling everybody, it's okay, I'm a cop. It, oh, well, no. Let's see, don't do that. And and that's very <laughs> dumb when you're drunk. DJ Omar Khan. Yeah, I have a long list. You do, Surprise, don't you? surprise. Uh, number one on my list, I remember that in high school we were drinking and we had a, a neighbor down the street who was an asshole and he drove a VW bug, so we thought it'd be great to tip it over. So we <laughs> ran over there, we tipped over that bug. So that's number one. Uh, number two, at an acoustic Christmas, got really drunk, and this uh, this homeless person was uh, trying to hit me up for money. I got really upset, tried to fight him on the street on Hollywood yeah, Boulevard. That happened. Um, I went to a fishbone <laughs> show, and I was a little overweight back in the day, and or a lot overweight, and I got really drunk. They invited everybody on stage, and I decided to... Uh, uh, stage dive off the uh, stage there, mm-hmm. and uh, they, uh, the crowd just parts like uh, like Moses parting <laughs> the sea. Like they should have. Yeah, exactly, because a big old overweight guy is there, and I injured my back pretty heavily on there. 
Got really drunk at Coachella once, and I swore that um, Swedish House Mafia was going to be playing the main stage, but they were actually playing like the outdoor theater. Right. And I was like, "The weekend's playing. Why is the weekend playing so long?" And I stayed. You the stayed weekend, there the whole time. The whole time. And I was like, "Man, I'm going to talk to Dave about this. Why didn't Swedish House Mafia come out?" <laughs> and I got lost in the parking lot for about two hours after that. <laughs> and uh, at a bad religion show, I got really, really hammered, and my my friends put me in the back seat like laying across right. my head sticking out the window right right in the middle of sunset around 2 a.m. where all the cops are kind of directing traffic everybody on their way out I'm puking my guts out right in the middle oh, of sunset no. strip oh yeah and all my friends were you there? I was there were yeah all my friends were worried that they were going to tell them like hey you got to see them and the cops were just laughing at me so those are just the ones that I can remember. Which of our friends? Which of our friends peed in the pit? You guys remember? Oh Don't yeah, know. somebody what? peed in the pit. That was very funny. That, that was be that very dumb. Funny. That would be very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> when you're somebody drunk. doesn't like to be identified. Yeah. Right? <laughs> who's involved in that stripe? Edgar, what do you have for us, sir? I was around maybe 22 years old, and I had gone to a bar for a friend's birthday. It was like during the week. It was like a Tuesday, and I ended up getting like blackout drunk, and I lost my wallet and my house keys. And then for some, I, I don't even know how I got home. I got home and I tried to open the, the apartment door. I lived on my own and it wouldn't open. So I went around to the side and there used to be a side panel, like window door type of thing. Right. And I guess I must have pushed it all the way through and I broke the glass. So I guess while I was drunk, I tried to grab the glass to break the rest of it off. <gasps> little slot and I cut my right hand open and I bled all over the, the I bled all over the window like panels. And I guess I didn't try to go, I didn't make it all the way through. So I went back to the front door. I tried the doorknob. And I guess I must have leaned against the door because I left. My, I in the morning I realized that I left a bloody handprint in the morning. Nice like on the door and on the door handle, like I left it all bloody. I didn't get in through the door clearly, so I went back to the window. I must have squeezed through, and then I fell asleep on the couch. Last, I don't even remember this. So I fell asleep on the couch, blackout drunk in my underwear. I woke up in the morning. There's a knock on my door. It's like seven in the morning. I was already late for work, and it's two police officers. And as soon as they see me, they're like, "All right, we need you to take a step back." And, like, one of them's, like, reaching. I guess they thought I must have, like, broken into the house. Oh, they didn't and know it was your place. They didn't know it was my place, no. The neighbors had called the cops because they saw the bloody handprints all over the door and on the oh, on the doorknob. I love it. And on the windowsill on the side. And they called the cops because they thought somebody had broken into my house and must have assaulted me or something. So they handcuffed me because I had lost my wallet. So no, no, <laughs> no form of identification to let them know that it was me. Right. They handcuffed me. They sit me on the couch. They start asking me all these questions. I'm, like, still hazy drunk. I'm asking them questions after, like, where I'm at and what's going on and how I got home. So, all right, well, since you can't answer any of our questions, we're going to have to take it at downtown. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm about to get arrested. Blood, like, my hand, I'm like, to my, I'm, like, the pain on my hand is finally setting in and, like, the haze is finally wearing off. And I'm, like, I have to call my landlord to come and, like, identify me. And they're, like, all right, we'll give them a call. They called him for me. He had to drive three hours down to the apartment complex to verify my identity. When he, so they had me uncuffed, and I'm like, yo, it's going to take a while. And he finally shows up, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's the one that lives here. Keep in mind, I'm in my, like, at the LA, my tidy whitey sitting there covered sure. in Sure. Oh, I, I left my bathroom sink running, and it flooded the bathroom. So oh, a, my oh, God. The story doesn't <laughs> end. What the hell it does it oh, end? Is the story still happening right now, Edgar? <laughs> I read in one evening, and I ended up getting almost arrested for it in my own house. And then, I, and then I called Kevin and Bean, and I wouldn't get off the phone. <laughs> Edgar, I am telling you, we have given you a lot of time, but you have deserved it, my friend. Uh, that agreed. was a fantastic yeah. well done. story. All right, now we're hanging up on you, though. It's Kevin and Bean. K-Rock. K-Rock.
KROQ. Striker, do you know if uh, Allie's available to uh, handle my Twitter beefs? Allie is very good at beefs on Twitter. Are you available, Allie? We can go right to her. Ask her what the cost would be for me to fight some fights for me on Twitter. Allie, what do you think? How much to fight beefs for Kevin on Twitter? What's what's your rate? 150 roses? Friends discount. Okay. Yo. All right. Why, Why do you ask? Well, yesterday you were fighting with Baby Driver. Listen. What happened there? I wasn't fighting with him. This kid, Ansel Elgort is his name, mm-hmm. um, he tweeted, I effing hate LA and celebrity culture. Sure, I can leave it. <laughs> right. But, but hold on. Let me just. Uh, did he do that to you? No, he okay. didn't. He didn't. He just this did was it in just general. to everyone. Okay. And of course, all his little, you know, Fangirls and fanboys were like, oh, I hate L.A. too. It's the word. I mean, I've never been there. But yeah, if you say it's bad, I hate it too. Here's the thing. I'm an L.A. native, born and raised. Striker, L.A. native, born and raised. We are very, very protective of Los Angeles. Right. Because we know in L.A. that people like this young man, Ansel, doesn't know. We know the L.A. that we grew up in, the best L.A. ever, and we're protective of that. It's the D-bags that move here. And then, well, here's my tweet back to him at Ally McKay. I wrote, born and raised here. We're not too fond of a-holes that move here and then S on it either. Good, Ally. So, <laughs> Thank you for so that. So I did a little XO to him at the end. But it's, it's the whole thing like someone makes fun of your brother – you're like, F you. You can't make right. fun of my brother. I, I can all damn day long. <laughs> right. You cannot. But here's the thing. People that move here and then either, obviously, this guy's doing pretty well in his career. He's I got Baby so. Driver, Fault in Our Stars. He's a great actor. He's got a DJ thing that he's he does as well. He's trying to be a well. DJ. Maybe that's not going over as well. I don't I know. I don't know. But I find that a lot of people really like to... S on L.A. Right. Just, just to do it because it's the thing. And then when I found out that mofo was from New York City, I was like, that is it. That <laughs> right. is it. Because it's always people from New York. That ruin everything. F you with your huge rats and your tiny little apartment that you're paying a billion for. You're upset about sunshine and huge yards. F you. <laughs> So anyway, I just responded to him, and people seemed to enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot. I did too. Yeah. He, he writes, as Ali said, he hates celebrity culture. Well, you listen, are. listen. Okay, get out of the business. Yes. Don't be a DJ. Right. Go work at Rite Aid in Boise. Right. And see how you like that, standing on your right. feet. A real job, which is tough to do. Get out of New York. Get out of L.A. Yeah. And as Ali said, I'm born and raised here. I was born in the Church of Scientology building. Me too, Are Cedars you... of Lebanon. Yes. What? On Sunset we Boulevard. We just took a hard left. Here's yes. the thing. Whenever I drive down Sunset Boulevard, I point to the Church of Scientology and I just look at whoever's in the car and I go, I was born. Oh, because it thing. used like, to be what? a hospital. It yes. was Cedars of Lebanon, Got and it. then they transferred everything over to right. Cedar Sinai. Right, right. But nice. our city, and people listening know this, there are some bad humans here. Of course. The, I, the inclusiveness, is yes. that the right word, is very strong here. I agree. I mean, they're different cultures, yeah. and it is so... This I love L.A. Oh, people that say there's no culture, there's no diversity, there's no... Get out of whatever bubble you are living in. Yeah. People in these comments were like, oh, the museums here are awful. Really? <laughs> really? Let's talk. Let's talk arts and culture and music. We have it in 
droves in spades. What is that what you say? Whatever. Here's my thing. <laughs> F you, Ansel. It's very simple. Get the leave. F out. Yeah. Leave. Leave the business, whatever. If you're having a rough day, I'm sorry. But you know what? Uh, no, you don't. You don't S on a city and a community that is as vibrant and beautiful as ours. I will cut you, baby driver. <laughs> All right, I won't. But I, I was a little. To. I was a little heated last night. I also had a soda late in the day, so I was, was a sugar rush. I was a little caffeinated when I it saw it, and then I couldn't get to sleep because I was getting madder and madder. Now, because I ch- really liked baby driver. Same. So you're angry now that you I'm, loved it. Now and, I'm mad at him. And he's talking to us about the city. Yes. It's not just S about the city, which I don't like, but it's, oh, people are so fake. I feel like I'm back in middle school, he also wrote on Twitter. Mm. And just the whole hating celebrity culture. I uh, mean, he needs to make new friends. Right. Uh, yeah. Make yes. new friends out of the business. I have the same friends from elementary, and you guys met my friends from high school that yeah, I bring to all the events. crazy. Yeah, they're nuts. But... That's my home. That's my family. You talk S about my home and my family. I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> Take out the headphones. It is on, mofo. Get it, Allie McKay. Just Do I have to ask her if I have to pay more for caffeinated Allie? I feel like I can hear Kevin, but if you want to relay that to me, <laughs> I don't as well, know how I'm becoming the messenger. You're the I'm afraid to talk directly to her <laughs> after this. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. So, uh, Bean, before Richard comes in, yeah, go ahead. Uh, how do we handle the dickish part of him? How do we? What do we? Do, <laughs> do we? Do we tell him to his face? Or what I do, think you're confusing that... Richard Blade with maybe somebody else. Richard oh. Blade is not that guy, but he is here at K Rock once again, oh. ladies and gentlemen, on the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. How are you, sir? K Rock. Hey, I am fine. It's so great to see you guys, and I got something for Ali because oh. I, I know you. Uh, have been waiting, I think it was like 32 years for this. I apologize. I ran out of them at the Glendale Galleria. So I, I brought that for you. Uh, Allie told a story Seriously. this week about what? Sneaking out of Tell the house again. or something, Allie? Uh, no, that one was uh, my friend Heather Moody. All we wanted to do was go to a sticker giveaway at the Glendale Galleria. We were 13 and 14. So Heather's mom was like, fine, I'll take you. Pouring rain in L.A., you don't drive. So she was miserable the whole time. And we met you, and you were exactly what we hope you'd be. You were so no kind and so nice. And it just. And I took my shirt off. You didn't, <laughs> which was upsetting. <laughs> but it was, it was just everything that, as a, as a kid that looked up to someone so much, it, you were that and, and then some. So oh. Richard Blade, who, by the way, can be heard all over this great land of ours on First Wave on Sirius XM. You also hear him <laughs> on the Flashback Lunch at noon every day on 93.1 Jack FM. The stories that you tell in your new book that's out called World of My Eyes, you had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people writing you, sending you letters through the mail asking for photos back in the early days of you being on K-Rock, which was insane to me to think about. Yeah, it was – well, there was no internet. There was no way to reach out and see what your favorite DJ looked like or the new guy as I was at the time. And uh, someone asked me on the air when we were taking the calls live because we had no digital delay or anything like that. And they said, can you send a photograph? So I said, sure, just send me an envelope and I'll send you one back. And then I had no idea what that was starting. And and so I had Scott Mason, rest his God, rest his soul, great Mm -hmm. guy, take a photograph of me behind the building against a brick wall. Uh And we went to Photo Mat. And uh, got 250 Wow. Made, and uh, I thought that would last me about four years, and they were gone by the weekend. It was, oh, it was just wow. crazy. That was the only way to get it out to people when, back then. When did you start at K-Rock? 
I started on June 18th, 1982. Wow. That is over 35 years ago, Richard. And it was uh, amazing. It was life-changing. And I say in the book several times about K-Rock that uh, they never paid their bills. No, no, I said... (laughs) Oh, that's true. I I said that K-Rock is uh, one of the two most important radio stations in the history of this planet. K-Rock and BBC Radio 1 are the two Mm -hmm. most important stations because K-Rock definitely for North America... And for helping the the British bands and BBC Radio 1 for breaking all kinds of music, whether it's uh, American, Australian, English, whatever. But those two stations that there's never been stations like when Bean and I started, um, we were, you know, scared Uh because it was K-Rock. Right. And and we didn't want to ruin it. And we were scared. We didn't know what the DJs would be like and how they would accept us or not accept us. And you couldn't have been more kind. Oh, well, you, guys, you and and everybody on the staff was so kind. I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, are they faking? Are they really this nice? You're really this nice. <laughs> well, the thing was, when Rick Carroll put the staff together, he didn't want fake people on the air because uh, back in the early 80s, everyone's, hey, it's 15 minutes past the hour. We've got a great song coming up. I just love this one. And he <laughs> j- did not want that. He wanted us to sound like we were. So that's why you had Jed with his incredible laugh and his nonsensical words from time, time to time, which <laughs> was brilliant. Time, yeah. Which is brilliant. And then Freddie with his dry sense of humor and Dusty with, boyfriend, come over here. And it, <laughs> it was just great. And you could be yourself. And I think the listeners really related to that because suddenly there was this radio station on the air that wasn't just playing to them, it was part of them. And we became mm-hmm. their, their friend through the good times and the bad times. That's when I loved K-Rock. Yeah. It's changed. (laughs) Ellie, hey, come on. We're on the air. Come on now. (laughs) Richard, you give uh, the station credit for all the bands they broke, but a lot of that, particularly with the British bands, was you, was your love of the music that you had left back home and the fact that your dad was still, you know, mailing you Duran Duran records and Tears for Fears records and things like that. And back then, and this is hard to believe in the 21st century, but back then, if you found a song you liked... You could play it on the radio, and you introduced <laughs> K-Rock listeners to hundreds of songs just because you liked them. Well, yeah, I would listen to them, and if they were good, I would play them. And Rick Carroll, rest his soul, he had a philosophy. He said, here's your music key, here's what you play, unless you've got something better. He said, wow. but if you... That's if changed. It, yeah, if it's, <laughs> if it's not... He said, if it's not better then you're going to answer to me. If it is better, I'm going to call you up on the hotline and say, great job. And when There Fra- are very few uh, guys in charge of radio that would say that. Oh, absolutely. And none few. now. None now, but, and yeah. very few even in history. Yeah. Well, I do give Kevin Weatherly a lot of credit. Too I, much, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think... I'm just kidding. Let me read this uh, sentence from Richard Blade's new book that's available wherever you get books. It's called World in My Eyes, and you know Richard, so you know where that title came from. But here's, uh, here's a, a, a line from... Uh, page 435 listeners would and continue to come up to me and say that my morning show was much better than kevin and beans <laughs> thank you for that richard <laughs> carry on reading carry on oh but in all honesty i have to disagree okay he does, he does <laughs> um you did the morning show here at k-rock just before we did right yeah and then uh i i left the morning show for about six months uh before you arrived and someone else was doing it mm-hmm. and then someone who gets a very short shrift in the book by the way was that on purpose well yes and no because the book's called world in my eyes and i actually asked martin gore if i could use that title because uh i thought it Tally was perfect. Just fainted. yeah <laughs> and I, I know it's not copyrighted and i could have used it but i'm i'm really good friends with the band so i called martin and i said look 
here's the book, here's what it's about. It is the world in my eyes. It's the things that were important to me. And that's why there's a lot in Europe and the crazy disco days and all that kind of and stuff. And you being a man whore. And me being a man whore, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Martin, he, he said, let me think about it. And I'll get back to you. The next morning, I woke up, and there was an email from him. He said, I wanted to put it in writing. I would be thrilled oh, for you to awesome. use the world oh, in my eyes. And it was, it was like, wow. You know, I, I was blown away because if he'd have said no, I would have not been angry at all. I would have of moved course. on. But yeah. You would there have contacted so many... the cure. That I want to use yeah, your Friday. Yeah, Friday, I'm in love. <laughs> there are so many wonderful stories about so many acts that you've been close to over the years, from Billy Idol to Morrissey to the Pet Shop Boys to George Michael. But your Depeche Mode chapter about the two things, mainly. One is the one-on-one concert at the Rose Bowl, which was one of the most unbelievable things that ever got pulled off. Nobody could believe that happened. Right. And the other is, and I think you know what I'm going to say, <laughs> the in-store at the warehouse oh, yeah. at the Beverly Center with 20,000 people. Yep, you were there. We were there. We were there we briefly, were there. and we were running from, from it, but we need to take a break. Oh, so, no, come on. Yeah. we got to talk about that. We will. So we'll take Why a are you a bad person? We'll take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the time Richard started a riot. <laughs> That's next. The Kevin and Bean Show. It's cool. I'm guessing it's many things. Cool is probably the one thing it's not. It's not. The world-famous K-Rock. It's Richard Blade here at the world-famous K-Rock. Coming up in a minute, we're going to go to the phone lines, but right now, let's have a few words with Kevin and Bean and see what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how it is done right there. (laughs) All right. When we broke, we started to talk about the in-store with Depeche Mode. Right. And that was when B... What year was that? That was in 1990. That was to celebrate the release of Violator. That's the year Bean and I started. And I remember thinking... Oh, this is bad. Oh, my God, this is bad. And let's get out of here. And Bean and I literally ran from that scene. And it was your idea, right, Richard? The in-store. Well, what happened was Howie Klein over at uh, Warner Brothers said he wanted to make a statement with Depeche Mode because we'd done the Rose Bowl. We'd sold it out. And that was two years before. And Violator was coming. There was a huge buzz on it because Personal Jesus was the first single from that and had been released about five months before and became the biggest selling 12-inch in Warner Brothers history. So they said, wow, this is it. We Now we're in the position we could do something with Depeche Mode. So Howie and I brainstormed. And it was like, should we do a rooftop performance? And like, no, no, you two have done that. And the Beatles did that. That would just be a copycat. And, well, let's do another concert. No, you can't top the Rose Bowl. Right. And Howie said, uh, what about an instant? store and i said look i did one with billy idol about six years ago at music plus uh, on vine street and i said the the windows nearly came in six thousand people showed up i said it was crazy i said if we did it with depeche mode now it would be wild and how said what would happen i said the streets would be closed down it would just be ridiculous and he goes do you think the press would cover that I said, I said, of course they would cover that. Oh, I see where we're going. They couldn't have yeah. been more upset. And he said, do you think there'd be problems? I said, well, you know, if you were doing it with Slayer, maybe, or Winger. But I said, Depeche Mode fans aren't violent. I think they would just stand in line to meet their heroes. And he said, well, let's do that then. And that became the statement. British bands shut down L.A. streets. That was the idea. And it exceeded, of course, yes, it everyone's did. expectations. <laughs> yes, well, there did. were 20,000 people in the streets. Yeah, and, it was uh, amazing. And, and, they, and, they, and the problem was, Depeche Mode was awesome. They said, hey, we'll stay in, and meet everybody. We'll stay inside <laughs> everybody. And then people started doing the math, as you point out in the book, and realized it was going to take a week for them to get through that many people. It wasn't going to happen, so they started getting kind of agitated and started banging on the windows and the whole deal. 
That was a scary night, Richard. Oh, it, it was. And then uh, after you guys got out, the police shut down the warehouse and nobody inside could leave for two hours because <laughs> the streets right? outside, they had to make sure the streets were clear. They had riot police, everything. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty sweet. It was. Richard Wade <laughs> is our guest. Before we go to the calls, by the way, I want to mention again, the book is out now. It's tremendous. It's called World in My Eyes, and it's about so much more than just Richard's K-Rock years, although that's a significant part of the book with all the bands you love from here. But the stories that you tell about you being a DJ for hire, basically, spinning records for people at parties, yep. you did parties for, well, I'll let you uh, drop some names here, Richard, because <laughs> it, blew, it blew my mind to see the parties that you'd done. Well, you might not know these names because they're not K-Rock acts, but the one is um, Barbara something, Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Have you heard of her? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. yeah Richard did. played her son's bar mitzvah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Elliot Gold's uh, son, That's uh, insane. Jason. It yeah. Is. Okay. And, and then I was doing a party for Zsa Zsa Gabor. And, uh, okay. Well, that that but that's not the big name drop. Okay. She was in one of the stilt homes in the Hollywood Hills. Right. So she was upstairs with all the guests, including my all-time favorite actor. Money Penny, do you think you could do this for me? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah. Connery. Yeah. yeah, but I was dance. I didn't even have time to put that in the book, really, because I was downstairs in the game room that had all been cleared out. You know, they've moved the billiard table and everything. I had all my DJ gear set up, my Serwin Vegas. I was ready to go. And I'm sitting there alone, and this kid comes in, and he uh, says, can I look through your music? I said, sure. So he's flipping through, and he pulls out Earth, Wind, and Fire and Marvin Gaye, and he goes, could you play it? And I said, yeah, I can't do it too loud because the eating upstairs so i put it on he gets out there and he starts dancing and i was like wow to be in a room with michael jackson watching him dance was amazing and then i said to him i've got hold hold please the kid (laughs) the kid and you Uh uh-huh the only two two people in the room Mm -hmm. yeah uh richard blade Uh uh-huh michael jackson michael jackson yeah okay And 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 then he does what and and then i said i got your new album so i played a track for him from that and he had all the moves down to that because he was working out moves to the Marvin Gaye song sure and then he was all excited and he said do you have a cassette player because that was state of the art at the time right sure. so I said no I'm only streaming Spotify <laughs> <laughs> so he said I said yeah I got a cassette player and he said I'll be right back and he ran out to his car and came back in with a cassette and he said we've just been working on this in the studio and we put the cassette in. And as I said in the book, I was so blown away by watching him develop the moves. I don't know if it was Off the Wall, Rock With You, or Don't Stop Till You Get Enough, but it was one of those three songs. So he was oh basically rehearsing his dance moves and, while you played Yeah, and, and it was uh, unbelievable. And I, I, I was stunned. I mean, 30 minutes, because I grew up with the Jackson 5 dancing machine, all that. The Jackson 5 were huge in England. And so, I mean, I, I was... Like Michael Jackson. And then the party ended, and of course, I didn't think I'd ever hear from him again. And about five days later, I got a call from Epic Records and said, Michael asked if you would do the launch party for their Victory album and the Victory tour. So That's wow. unbelievable. So I did that, and that made the front page of the Los Angeles Times. Guys, the book is just yeah, packed with stories just like that. I mean, he's Richard is a Forrest Gump, is what he is. He's <laughs> everywhere That's doing right. everything. All right, speaking of the book, because you told a story in the book that I had never heard before, even though thousands of times Kevin and I have said the world-famous K-Rock, oh, I yeah. never knew where it came from. Could you give us a short version of that story? Because I think K-Rock fans will be interested to hear the, the genesis of that. We always just assume someone made it up along the way. Well, it was a, a studio a bit like this, only not clean. 
Okay. And not this, as, this not, studio is clean? And not as bright. <laughs> uh, but we uh, were on the air. When I say we, uh, it's not the royal we. It's, it was Romando and the Blade. Okay. And uh, I'd just been interviewing uh, Tim Ferriss and Michael Hutchins the day before at L.A. Zoo for MV3, which was a TV show I was doing. And so Those they, the guys from Excess for yeah, folks who don't recognize Excess, yeah, absolutely. So they came in on the radio show, and they were so tired. I mean, they were just dragging and Raymond thought that they didn't want to be there but they were just tired jet lagged from Australia and they'd been doing the interviews all day on TV the day before and so Raymond was joking with them oh you don't want to be here at K-Rock and they said no 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 you're wrong mate we really want to be here this was our number one place to come in America and Raymond goes yeah right you, you don't know us about us and they said no no everyone knows about you in Australia and Raymond said, well, you can't even get K-Rock in Irvine, so never mind. Right. In, <laughs> in Australia. A signal. Yeah, and Michael Hutchins looked across the board like I'm looking at you, and he goes, no, mate, you're wrong. You're the world-famous K-Rock. Michael Hutchins wow. came up with uh, that. That's where it came from. And Isn't it, that something? Yeah. And somebody heard that and said, ooh, let's start using that. That's good. We saved it on a cassette. We had it on a cassette, and the first few drops were times we would play it would be, you're the world famous K-Rock, oh. mate. And it was, it was great. And it all goes back to the late, great Michael Hutchins. And uh, coming up on November 22nd, 20 years since we've lost wow. it. Wow. The book is wonderful, and it's available now. The website is richardbladebook.com. You can order it on Amazon. You can buy it in stores. It's called World in My Eyes, and I can't recommend it uh, more highly. You can listen to Richard on Sirius XM on First Wave and every weekday at noon on the Flashback Lunch on our sister station, 93.1 Jack FM. Uh, thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate Love it. Love you guys. The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. They're idiots. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news today. Great news. All right, I'm going to start. Um, and my story comes out of Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Um, I don't know if you heard about this bus crash oh, with the terrible. hockey team. Yeah. Um, let's see. A truck slammed into a bus carrying 28 members of the Humboldt Broncos, a junior hockey team, on Friday, killing 15 people. Team's head coach, assistant coach, team captain, radio announcer, and stats keeper were among the dead. Hmm. And a bunch, some of them, of course, survived and went to the hospital and are doing a little bit better. But what a devastating thing. So um, somebody put up a GoFundMe page to help them. And the GoFundMe campaign, they were shooting for $4 million. If there's a way we could get $4 million to help out the families of the people who passed away and everything, that would be great. It was called Funds for Humboldt Broncos. Um, As of Monday, it had raised $6.2 million and upwards of 81,000 people donated. Wow. So a lot of times you give the person credit for starting the GoFundMe, but Mm -hmm. the real heroes of this story are the 81,000 people who donate because they feel like they can help in some way. Absolutely. And that's super amazing. Um, And the update now is... um, uh, 11.6 million. I'm sorry, what is it now? It's up to 11 million. Now. 11 million dollars wow. now. And they were just looking for four. Yeah. Wow. And the world has really rallied around that community. I know Drake is Canadian, of course, but he was wearing one of their jerseys uh, at the Toronto Raptors playoff game. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, this this hockey program that Kevin is talking about, it's similar to what high school football is like in Texas. Like, it is the thing that you do. 
And so uh, this just wasn't just a, a, a random team that no one has ever heard of. A lot of professional hockey players were part of this program. And a lot of people helped. Yeah. Yes. And that's my great news. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll, I'll take it from here. Okay. <laughs> this is um, about a nine-year-old named Sammy Vance from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I don't know if you've heard of uh, these things called buddy benches. But schools have them uh, placed out where the kids have their recess. Because if you think about it, recess, the one time for kids to be social, get out there, they play. What about for a kid that either doesn't have friends, doesn't really participate in the sports, that kind of thing? It can be a very lonely kind of scary time for them. So they make them sit on a bench? Well, no. What you do is you have this buddy bench. You can go sit on the bench. You see someone on the buddy bench and you say, oh, that they need someone. Oh, interesting. And then that kid walks up, starts a conversation, and it's a way to make new friends, which is so beautiful and just so, so lovely. And this nine-year-old Sammy wanted to do that at her school. So she decided to have a creative proposal. She drew a picture of the buddy bench, explained what it was going to be, how we could do it at our school. The principal saw it and said, love it. Now come up with how we fund it. (laughs) Sammy's like, I'm nine, you dick. (laughs) All right, that didn't happen. But um, Sammy and her mom got to work. They found a company that creates these benches from recycled plastic at a third of the cost of what it would take to build a new one. Only catch? They have to provide the plastic, 400 pounds of it per bench. So the community rallied together. We're talking classmates, community members, area businesses, collecting uh, plastic bottle caps and lids and donations. They thought it would take about a year to have enough to make the bench. Two months. Wow. Two months they had enough. So now they've got the bench. They did it in such an amazing way. For, first of all, you've got a bench. That's great. You're now recycling. Yeah. You've got the whole community involved. This little girl, Sammy, changed a lot of stuff in that area. And now other area schools have followed Sammy's example, and they have all started collecting bottle caps for their own buddy benches. So way to go. I mean, when people say one person can't change something, that's just not true. Yeah, agreed. It's just not true. And that's my great news. <laughs> Striker, you're up. <laughs> All right. Um, my story is about a police officer in Billings. It was a normal day in Montana. Billings, of course, the largest city in the Wonder State. Actually, that's my Keith Morrison impression. Hold no, on. Are you leaning? Leaning against something? What the hell's going on? <laughs> that was my audition for Daylight right there. Oh, Lord. Let me start this over. I don't know what happened. Bring it back, Garrison okay. Keeler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Good man. Pull, Kevin. Oh, okay. So this story, I love Keith Morrison, and I'm leaning on the Coachella right. bench here. Okay. It's about a police officer in Billings, Montana. Uh, Billings, though, is uh, the largest city in Montana. The capital is 110,000. The officer's name is Seth Foster, and he was on a normal patrol um, until he saw a young boy playing football by himself. So the officer... Not only stopped, but he played catch with the young man until the mom came out. And the officer said, man, you got to buy this little guy some gloves and a football because he is one heck of a player. And the mom said, you know, we can't really afford it right now. Maybe next Christmas. So what did the officer do? He went to the sporting goods store, and he bought the kid a bunch of gear. He went to the school. He dropped it off for the kid. Now the kid's got the gear. The officer did a good thing, and he said, when you see other people and you can help you should help and you should pay it forward thank you officer foster and that is really great 
fantastic news on Kevin and Bean Show. That's not what it's called. <laughs> oh, what we is it called? We have a title of the feature. What, what is it? It's great news. great news. Oh, and that is great news. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. Hey, Chip, uh, bring up the uh, photo that I just uh, tweeted so you can show that to the monkey. I think he'll appreciate yeah, hold on, it. One second. Our friend Tom Morello, Kevin, is in the news. Have you seen it? Oh, I have not. Oh, my God. Ready? Agreed. Well, I don't know, not if she's... What? Oh. Take a look at it. What? Oh, he, um... Nope. What's that? De- that's his hand. What? Detail- uh. yeah, they, they Luke Skywalker'd his hand. Um, details are sketchy as to how he got the injury. He said it was while playing guitar. He got a fracture in his playing hand, and he's got a bionic hand now. I mean, he's more metal than, than ever before because they, as you can see, they actually put a strip of metal inside one of his tendons on the top of his hand. And I don't know enough about guitar playing to know how you would injure the top of your hand playing guitar. I don't either, but he's pretty aggressive. He is. <laughs> I mean, I can see Wow, your, that's shocking. I can see your wrist. I can see your, your fingers. It's sure. weird to see the top of your hand, but I mean, I guess you're right. He just does, you know, does positions that, that nobody else thinks of. But um, Now, does that, I wonder how that works. I wonder how that works. He claims, uh, there's no date on this surgery. He just put this image up yesterday, but he claims that he is going to be on stage tonight with Prophets of Rage in Sweden. So it doesn't look like there's a tremendous amount of recovery time at this point if he's going to be playing guitar. But I wonder, I mean, it it can't feel great. No, I imagine (laughs) imagine not. It's going to take some some time to adjust to that. He also is a guy who can use... Any part of his hand, elbow, shoulder, anything to right. play a guitar. So yeah. he could make it work even if it's painful. But wow, that's shocking. Yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty metal. I mean, that's twice you've made that joke. I mean, I'm, but I'm being serious, though. <laughs> right, I mean, but it's also twice. Kind of, he's got a bionic hand. Mm. Right, but is it is it bionic? Well, I don't know. Does he have super strength now? That would be I pretty cool. Know. That would be pretty cool. Would it, though? He'd just be ruining guitars left and right. <laughs> Need another one. Toss me another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I thought that was uh, worth uh, pointing wow. out. He's so. pretty metal. That's shocking. So. Thank you, Allie. Uh-huh. That's funny. Oh, thanks, I agree. Kevin. He is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> hey, um, I find this uh, fascinating. I can't believe I've never heard of this before, but apparently there is a problem in some countries with people cheating on their college entrance exams. And since the advent of the internet, it's got there are lots more ways that you can cheat than ever before, and get caught, and get Both caught. Yes, the internet. Kevin, I, I imagine you're a guy who. How dare you? I'm just suggesting. <laughs> how dare you? That there were times in your junior and high school and college years where you took advantage of a great idea to give yourself, you know, a little help during a quiz. Right? Did I cheat? No, I did not. But here's the key: I was smart enough to get B's, mm-hmm. and most importantly. I was okay with bees. So, okay. <laughs> so there was right. no need to cheat because I was good with where I was at. Got hey, it. I don't know anyone who's not okay with bees, by the way. There's no shame in a bee. <clears throat> but I'm saying bee like without working very hard. So okay. I'm yeah. In. Okay. That's, that's yeah. good. All right. Are you surprised by both parts of Kevin's answer, Allie? I am. That he didn't cheat <laughs> and that he got bees? Uh, no. Come on, bees. I'm not. <laughs> bees are not that impressive, bee. <laughs> All right. Well, here's what's going on in Thank Al- you, Allie, by the way. You're welcome. <laughs> here's what's going on in Algeria. Which apparently is a country. Uh, last year, someone put the university entrance exam online, and it was a huge scandal in the country. And they made everybody retake the exam the following week because it had leaked; it had been out there. Which, by the way, must have really ticked off the people who didn't know it was out there and didn't use it and didn't cheat, sure, yeah. and studied for it and did well. And then they had to take it again. 
So this year, the country of Algeria has decided that they are going to turn off the Internet during the hours that the entrance exams are going to be conducted across the country. 700,000 Algerian students next week are going to be sitting for their entrance exams. And they're going to turn off the Internet for everyone or just that For everyone. For everyone. For everyone. For the whole country. (laughs) That's extreme. They are turning How off. are we going to post pictures of Tom Morello's metal hand? Exactly. Yeah. It's so metal. They are shutting off internet access across the entire country during wow. certain times next week. They also are going to ban Facebook for the entire duration of the exam period. What do you suppose that's about? Because that's the way that somebody would most likely distribute. Maybe that's how they distributed the, the stolen test or whatever last year. Maybe. Yeah. So there, there, no Facebook for anyone in the whole country because these kids are taking exams. Seems like a bit of overkill. <laughs> and no Seems internet for anyone. I mean, that means... Businesses? Think about all stuff. That means businesses. That means people who are monitoring stocks. That means people who are streaming music. That means people who are watching Netflix. I mean, that's everybody, everything in the whole country. So I was uh, really surprised to see that, by the way. That's crazy. And um, I lost it. There was one other interesting part. Apparently, this is not the first country to do this, by the way. Ethiopia last year did the same thing. And Uzbekistan has blocked mobile internet and texting during university entrance exams as well. Now I can sort of see that. But it also seems like maybe you couldn't you just put up a blocker in the university? You don't have to shut it down for the whole country. Well, I mean, this is 700,000 students. So right. I imagine it's hundreds of communities around the, the country. Right. So I guess they just feel like it's just easier to shut it off. But I, I just feel like there's huh. potential bad stuff that could happen as a result of that. I mean, people do use the Internet for things. So <laughs> People do use the Internet for things. That's Great true. Point. I mean, that's my yeah. takeaway. <laughs> this story. They said that we should not – this is what the government's report was. We should not passively stand in front of such a possible leak. They also, by the way, put surveillance cameras at printing presses where the exams are being published, and they also put devices to jam mobile phones at those locations as well. So they are serious about their exams in Algeria. So you're talking about the elections, though. You're not talking about a test. I'm talking about a college entrance exam. Wow. So you need to go over there and get a B without cheating, Kevin. I would be really impressed. Right. These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. We were trying to play a game. (laughs) called just a second and the guy told us that his name was justice and Bean stopped all the proceedings because he had a lot of questions justice in echo park hi there hey how's it going good thank you that is an awesome name justice Uh, yeah i was named after uh the and justice for all album that's where my parents met i love that that's the coolest name story ever (laughs) hey you guys we have uh we have a game oh i'm sorry i just want to chat with justice for a while we're gonna play a clip a one second clip of a smashing pumpkin song (laughs) hang on before you do that uh justice do you have any uh siblings with similarly interesting names or are you the only cool kid in the family uh my sister's name is jamin jamin where's that from yeah uh i guess it was like my aunt's like friend's name at the time and not like, as cool yeah that yeah. sucks for her <laughs> not as cool wow. what if they not just misheard cool. bob marley we'd be jamming <laughs> yeah. shaming it is so that went on and then we did eventually get to a game yeah did he win i don't even remember i don't either okay. <laughs> i think so okay i think he did yeah 
So what we want is unique names that have a great backstory. Mm-hmm. Now, what we don't want is Luke because you're a big Star Wars fan. Right. Because everybody mm-hmm. can sort of understand, see where it mm-hmm. comes from. They know you're a fan and blah, blah, blah. So there's no real story there. Right. I was surprised by Justice's story because I thought, I'm going to mock this guy because that's a terrible name. Then he went with Metallica, and right. I was like, all right, well, that's great. So Well, weird. I yeah. mean, if his parents had been lawyers and they were just really into justice, not as Dull, cool. right? Not as cool. Right. If they had been just huge, like, uh, comic book fans. And Agreed. it was like a truth, justice in the American way, you know, eh, it's okay. But naming it after a Metallica album? Now we're talking. Turned it around. We all loved mm-hmm. him. So are we looking for people who have been named after cool things? I think you have a unique name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be one that we've heard of or not, but the backstory is what's important. Yeah. Okay, and nothing um, obvious, like I just said with Luke. Leia, how about you know, how about if your name Darth? You know, we this don't. was a real guy. His last name was Knight, and his parents named him Jed, first name, middle initial I. So his name is Jed I Knight. Now, would he mm. qualify as being cool? I don't think so. You just about, because the answer is he's a big fan. That's it. How about this real life person named Jurassic Park? But why would he be named that? See, there's no backstory here. Mm. His name is Jurassic Park. The backstory matters. How about Bud Light? Would you be excited by a guy named Bud Light? Um, (laughs) Yes, only in that I know he's a partier. (laughs) These are are real (laughs) names that people have, by the way. How about if your last name was Dactyl? What do you think they named Dactyl? Her name is Pterodactyl. Yeah, That's the greatest. <laughs> no, it isn't. Oh, if I was named Pterodactyl, roar! <laughs> How about it? You would make that noise, yeah. and that would be great for you everyone. Would be like, what's your name again? You heard me. Arr! All right, guys. Your last, your family name is Bacon. What do you name your son? So good. Um, Hamand. You name your son Chris. Middle initial P. He is Crispy Bacon. Yeah. Uh... I mean, again, the backstory is your parents love bacon. Mm -hmm. Okay, so not not what we're looking for. I think the backstory is more important than the name. Okay, so 1-800-520-1067. You have an awesome name or a a good name that has an awesome backstory, right? That's what we're looking for? Yes, yes. Taking your calls, 1-800-520-1067. Should we take one real quick before the break? Sure. All right, why don't we make it, um, well, let's try Sasan. I assume it's pronounced Sasan. Maybe I'll find out I'm wrong here. Good morning. Good morning. How do you say your name? I'm named after, my name's Hassan. Hassan. Okay. And, it is Hassan. Um, Go ahead. Yes, it's not Hassan with an H. Right. We heard. Mm-hmm. Okay. S-A-S-A-N. All right. We got and, it. Um, <laughs> well, trust me. I've had many bastardizations. I'm sure. Do you right. have a backstory for your name? <laughs> I mean, we pronounced it right from the beginning. You're yelling at us. <laughs> What's the backstory? I've had an entire lifetime of it. So what? You guys have only You're unbelievable. I've had a lifetime. All right, of it. great chatting with you. Bye now. Oh no, was he I named mean, after the jeans? Ooh la la, Sasan. That's Sasan. That's Sasan. Oh. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we'll never know the backstory because he wouldn't tell us. All right, that doesn't count as our one call. So why don't we try? Uh, <laughs> it was on Nin- Ninaki. Ninaki line three. Ninaki. Yeah, that's me. That's is me. it is it Ninaki or Naneki? It's actually Ninaki. Naneki. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can honestly say you're the first Nineki I have ever spoken with my whole life. That is an unusual name. Is it something your parents made up? It is not. It's actually an. It's actually like a phrase. It's or it's either a phrase or a goddess. It means I love you, but it's really weird spelling too. Okay. How do you spell it? N i n e q u i. 
Boy, is your life a, a living nightmare? Yeah, is that good or bad? It's really, it, it's really bad. It's it's bad. Because everybody that you tell your name, they go, what? And then you have to explain it to them? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, school sucks because people don't ever get my name. I, I get, like, through weeks of telling teachers my name, and then I get a sub, and they're like, what's your name again? <laughs> what do – your name is awfully long. What do people call you for short? Um, Hey, you or Necky. Necky. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Well, I'm sorry, and I and I hope you never spoke with your parents again once you got old enough to leave the house. Yeah. What did you think about Sasan not telling his, us his backstory? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Kevin and Bean on K Rock K R O Q. What if your name was Ass Whore? That's a good question, Jed. It's <laughs> good question. I'd like to hear the backstory on that one. <laughs> Taking your calls on unusual names and their backstory. We had Justice on the phone yesterday, whose parents named him after the Metallica album and Justice for All. And we just thought that was the coolest. So we thought we'd find out who else was out there. I think you guys are going to like some of these a lot. Let's start with uh, Mackenzie, line six, please. Up first here on the Kevin and Bean Show, calling us from LA. Hey, Mackenzie. Morning, guys. First time, long time. Thank you, oh, and thank you. Check you out. So this is finally the topic that brought you to the phone. We appreciate that. Why is Mackenzie such an interesting name for you? So I was originally uh, named Patricia, and so my initials were PMS. Good, um, excellent. I guess <laughs> six months later after I was born, my mom saw the uh, Spuds McKenzie uh, Budweiser commercial, I believe. <laughs> no. uh, like that instead, so switched my name. So now I've got Mackenzie as my first name. Oh that God, is I the love her best mom. backstory ever. You could have been Spuds, by I the way. I kind of wish she was Spuds a little bit. <laughs> kind of wish I was too. Oh, Spuds. I, I, I wonder how often that happens that parents change a kid's name after you know after the first day. Really, yeah. usually you pick you a name and stick it. with it. That is really interesting. So, do you like the name Mackenzie? I think it's very pretty. Yeah. I absolutely love it because my mom is no longer with me. So it's one of those names that I really, really, really like. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you for listening and thank you for finally calling. We really appreciate it. Let's go to line one. This is going to be Anaheim. Believe it or not, the listener's name is Ansys. Ansys is on the line. Are we saying that right? Ansys? Yep, Ansys. Hi, guys. Hi there. So your name is Ansys. Yeah, my mom was uh, visiting Salem, Massachusetts. And she was in one of the graveyards. She saw the name Anstis on one of the gravestones and wrote it down. And then a few months later, she was pregnant. And she said, I have this really cool name. And that's the, hit. That's the story. What if it was have the name you, of a witch? Yeah, have you looked it up? Is it a name of one of the witches? We actually did look it up. It's Anstis Darby. She was actually the daughter of a pirate. And he was, the pirateer mate was one of America's first millionaires. Okay, that's the coolest ever, and have you gone back to the graveyard to see it? I haven't, but it's definitely on my bucket list. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. For sure. I, I'm going to say that works out. That checks all the boxes. I love Nancy's. it. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it so much. Let's go to – oh, did I do that? No, I did. Okay. Let's go to uh, Katie Line 4, please, Santa Ana. All right. This is going to be one of those first name, last name combinations, so we're going to have to decide whether we'll allow it or not. All right. Katie, hi. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My daughter's named after the clash. Her name is London Colin. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> London Colin. Wait, is Colin your last name? No, it's her middle name. London With a y. Colin. I don't so, hate it. I kind of like it. But you love it. I do. I sort of really like do. it. 
Yeah. But you love it. I love right. It. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Why are you arguing with us? We love it. I'm just excited that you love it as much as we do. All right. Thank, thank you very much. Why all the digging, by the way? What's happening with all that's, the digging? That's saying we we'll allow it. it. Yeah. Oh, we'll allow it. Okay, we'll gotcha. allow it. All right. Wow, this is uh, this she is fun. She was great, but you love but it. You, love it. <laughs> you guys, we were saying right. we love it. Yeah. You guys want to meet uh, my new friend, Portia Frisbee? Would you like to meet Portia Frisbee? She's online, yes, too. Please. Call her from Santa Ana. Hey, Portia Frisbee. Hey there. How are you? We're good. Uh, how did that name come about? So, um, my mom was a big fan of Shakespeare. Same. So, I'm definitely not named after the car. Okay. Um, so, Portia is from Merchant of Venice. Uh, super strong um, female character, strong heroine. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't take any crap from anybody. And Shakespeare loved the frisbee. Oh, we all know so. that. <laughs> and last name not spelled like the toy at all. Okay. So imagine all the super fun names growing up with that. Sure. Yeah. And then to top it all off, it gets even better. Um, my mom planned for me to... Uh, born on Valentine's Day by C-section. Right. And um, then her water broke anyways, so I was just meant to be screwed from the get-go. Huh. Oh, and I work at an automotive shop. Okay. Okay. I'm not. Getting, make, I'm not drawing not all the connections between the. I'm not trying. I get the Porsche and the automotive shop. I'm not sure about the Valentine's Day. Okay. C-section. That's okay because we'll leave it there with Porsche Frisbee. Okay. That's a, we're, we'll, we'll allow. Okay. It. okay. Yeah. We'll okay. allow that. All right. All right. Let's try Oscar line three. His story. His story involves his grand grandfather in at wartime. Right. Hey, Oscar. Hey. How's it going, guys? I must have to say, I love the show. Party people, you're amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah, so my great-great-grandfather, when the French invaded Mexico, he met this dude at a cantina. And you know nothing happens at a cantina that's good. Right, sure. <laughs> so he meets this this Frenchman, gets to drinking with him, tells him his name, just Palafuchs, and then he's all like, huh, I really like that name. What was so it? He gets him more drunk, just feeds him more drinks. Okay. Takes him outside and then just murders the man. Takes his last name for himself because he's all like, I love it that much. Wait. I'm the only one that's going to have it in Mexico. Okay, wait. Um, at some point in that story, was there murder? Yeah. <laughs> okay. A little bit. Just a little bit. Why did anyway, he have to what? kill the guy to take his last name? I think it had more to do with the tequila. I the see. actual name. I got you. know you. when you drink tequila, you murder a man <laughs> sure. for his name? Murder. Yeah, it's all know, the it time. like the right thing to do. <laughs> so he, so, so your great-grandfather <laughs> killed a dude, took his name, changed the family name to that name, and it, it's still the name today that runs in your family? Still the name today. Yeah, my great my grandmother told me this story, and my great-grandmother told me this story, because I was curious. I was like, how do we have this non-Hispanic last name where everyone is Gomez, Gomez, Lupez, Lopez? That's where all awesome. of a sudden Palafox. I'm sorry. That's awesome. That is right. You know who doesn't think it's awesome? Old Frenchie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm always worried the family's going to track us down. Right. We have to get them back. (laughs) All right. I think you are the winner, sir. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening to the Kevin and Bean Show. It's Kevin and Bean on K Rock. Introducing Rock and Roll. DJ Omar Khan. Hey, how are you? How many episodes are you and Beer Mug and uh, Dave in on the B-Team podcast? Going to upload 42 later today. 
That's wow. unbelievable. Now, this is yeah. the show about the show for folks who don't know. They mm-hmm. go back and revisit things that have happened in the history of the Kevin Bean Show, sometimes going all the way back to the very beginning, and also answer questions and talk about things behind the scenes that are going on in the show now. If you like this show, you'll probably like the B-Team podcast. You brought up an incident recently on the B-Team that I had kind of forgotten about, <laughs> and yeah. everybody is so excited that we're going to revisit this now. Yeah, we got an email wanting to hear the infamous Ad Rock interview. Mm-hmm. It happened in 2015. We were talking about a movie that he was in called While We Were Young. And this is probably, I don't know, probably the sixth or seventh time you guys had you know the Beastie Boys on. Mm-hmm. And every single time you guys have them on, they do a nonsense interview, but they're the Beastie Boys. Right. So, so you have to have them you on. You have to have them <laughs> on, right? So I think this is Allie's first time yes. with with the Beastie Boys, Indeed. right? Indeed, yes. So you guys, you know, I mean, God bless you guys. Because you guys try your best <laughs> to do a real interview. And you can hear on the tape. And, and the clip's a little longer than we usually play on the show. And you have to listen to episode 40 of the B-Team to get the full effect. Because mm-hmm. we okay. only have three minutes of the interview here. Okay? okay. But you guys do your best. And here's Bean's first question to Ad-Rock. You're a big-time movie actor. I mean, you are going toe-to-toe with Naomi Watts, Ben Stiller, Adam Driver. This is, a, this is kind of a big deal being in this film, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it, it, it was. How, uh, how did it come about? You know, in the scheme of things of the world, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that sets the tone for the entire. Listen to Allie snorting that it's, it's us and not her. <laughs> by the way, you have to. You, I'm, I can't stress enough. You have to go listen to the B Team podcast because you can hear Allie through. Allie's the only person that's having fun throughout the entire interview. <laughs> you hear her going, and Kevin and Bean are having they none of it. They were so pissed, yeah, yeah. and I was. Dying. And um, let me tell you, by the way, oh, before you move on, yeah. I'm already quaking mm-hmm. uh, knowing what's coming because even that first clip you play, and let me tell you, we do a lot of interviews on this show, and you can usually tell in the first 15 seconds how it's going to go. That long pause <laughs> yep. after the yeah. first question, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, and felt, then it got worse. It felt similar to an interview this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did, in fact. Uh, here's Bean's second question. This film is getting great reviews. It's called While We're Young. It's in theaters now. And I guess it's just it's something that will re- will be relatable to anybody who's ever realized, not even that they're the I'm the get off your lawn guy, but just that, wow, there are other adults who are coming up who are younger than different than I am. And I don't know how to feel about it. It's kind of a, a movie that I think is relatable to all ages. Don't you think, Adam? I couldn't I didn't hear what you were saying because I was talking. So I don't know what just happened. All right. Just agree with me. This is going well, mm-hmm. I feel. That, that is a very poignant and astute statement you just made. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the film, of, Ben and Stiller and of, Naomi... I never thought of it that way. Okay. See? There we go. We're on the same page. So he's oh, clearly no. not talking, and uh, then he starts talking, right. which is brilliant, by the way. So he's clearly just clowning you guys. He's just doing it on purpose, one hundred percent. Like he's like having the time of his life in his head. Kevin and Bean are not. I hate I this so much. Right? Um, so this next clip, it's really long, but it's 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 awesome. Ed Rock says. That he wants to be on The Walking Dead. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And this is probably the highlight of this interview. 
I, do you, I want to be like the, the guy from New York that shows up. You know okay. what I mean? Like, hey, I brought bagels. <laughs> and then, boom, down. Then you get killed. We'll take your bagels, but you're gone, sir. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. I like it. <laughs> Adam, is, uh, is, do you have the acting uh, bug? Is this something you'd like to do a lot more of in the future? Well, I just announced publicly that I want to be cast on The Walking Dead. On The Walking Dead, all right. Yeah, I heard that. That's the role I want. Okay, okay. All right. He's in it to win it. I want to play, like, the old hacker guy in a movie where, like, the kids are like, whoa, he's the original hacker, and then I want to just get yelled at by somebody. Well, that's a dream. Preferably Jack Bauer. That would be, like, fantastic. All right. Well, then maybe he... Like he breaks the laptop over my head, and then that's it. You I'm writing my own scene. So you're right. You're right. Doing no. good. No. <laughs> I don't know well, how look. you can tell over the phone, but yeah, you're, you're tired. You, you, you okay? You don't look so good. Oh, is that awesome? <laughs> what is happening? It's so good. It's like, I think that's all I said during the interview other than laughing. You okay, yeah. Adam? Yeah. <laughs> And it's totally like stream of consciousness. He's just saying oh, the words, whatever comes to mind. Amazing. And he's just killing it. He's just killing it. Oh, and it. in retrospect, Bean, would you want a serious interview or an interview like this? Um, I, I didn't enjoy this as really? much as you did, Omar. I really did. Because you, you feel like it's so awkward and uncomfortable that people don't want to listen to that. But it sounds like I'm wrong. It sounds yeah. like you guys love awkward and uncomfortable. Absolutely. So he goes on in the interview and he talks about James Murphy from LCD Sound System breaking a refrigerator and owing him $100. Yes. It was a whole weird thing. Again, you guys have to download the podcast to get the full effect. All but right. here is Ad Rock's final words. Any final words? before we say goodbye sir um i don't know what else do you know i got a lot of other you know acting opportunities for me that i'm writing as we're discussing that i'd like to discuss with casting agents okay okay so you know what i'll do i'll put them in a list i'll email them to you and maybe you could just sort of read some of them on the air sometime all right (laughs) i like it i like your your list of demands i like it very much i have a lot of ideas for products um, I have a lot of ideas for different sports franchises, so I'll get all that material to you, okay? All right. Okay. All right. We will look for that email. Adam, congratulations on the film. I hope our audience goes to see While We're Young. Nice to catch up with you. Thanks for the time. See you around. All right. <laughs> oh, my God, man. And, and he hung up the phone and high-fived whoever was standing next to him and said, yep. nailed it. <laughs> it's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Rock. K-Rock. K-Rock. K-Rock.